Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 103 of the Galen Trombley Show. We have returning guest Bryce Hansen, and we basically just said we're just going to just roll right into it. Uh, what episode were you on before? No clue. Me either. Was it like a long time ago? Or I also don't know. Was Maybe. It, was it pre-pan- pre- pre-pandemic? Yes. Okay. Like so winter. You're probably in the 50s? I'm always, like, I said this, I did one yesterday too, and it was, it was the idea that it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was that long ago. Yeah. It was almost like a year ago, maybe. Yes. Probably. I mean, it was probably winter time. The, uh, you know, you know what's actually funny? So, we do, so Nick helps me out, and, and usually if I have guests coming on, I'm like, hey, just do some research on the guests, just just in case. And uh, there's some people that I, I specifically ask her to do research on. There's yep. some people I'm just like, I don't ask, and she just kind of does it. So, she threw you, some information on you, on my desk, which... I, I don't have in front of me, uh, partly because usually I don't know if I know the person. I'm just kind of, we just kind of roll with it. But I had your headshot from golf back in the day. She pulled off the old Elmira golf team page because you just Google your name must have popped up in the top. Oh, cool. Maybe. Um, hair was the same as you are now because you were rocking the long locks yeah. today. And you were a little thicker back then. Oh, I was? No, you don't think so? Maybe I was, it was a camera. It probably like was. A little, like not fat, but just like. A oh, dude. look like you're a little more like, uh, yeah, a little more jacked up. Once upon a time, well, okay, so this is like I, hockey days. I wound up being no, no, no. Well, kind of, but not really. So I wound up being basically the pet project for one of my sweet mates, who was hella into lifting, um, and so I turned into his project. Okay, like because I expressed interest, I was like, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's ripped. So he is six three, six two. Like, no, hardly any body fat and well over 200. And so I, like, my vision was, like, you know, kind of quit. Quick. I mean, like a circuit training, right? Get in, get out. Here we go. We do this, we do this, we do this, and we're done. Boom. Um, And hit. that was not what he had in mind for me. Um, I was in the gym two hours a day with him. He was also making my plates of food for me um and it was disgusting and i'd eat so much food and i hate fish and he kept trying to make me eat fish like tilapia yeah and it was coming out of the it was not just fish but it was coming out of fish from a college kitchen yeah which i highly doubt great a fish i highly doubt that it's fish and i was just crushing powdered eggs (laughs) <laughs> so much well i just look because like you're, you're like usually guys that lift like your neck's a little thicker and you looked a little thicker in the photo and i just didn't know i'm like made sense college probably hockey days you know typically because i know a lot of guys that play hockey are big and then after or football and then once they kind of get out of the sport they they naturally lean down just because they're not yep. having to eat or lift and yep um so that's what i kind of thought i said were you kind of a big hockey like big thick hockey guy or football guy and this kind of like just kind of got down to the, because the, you're about what? 
What do you weigh now? 165. Okay. I was going to ask. I was going to guess 165. I really was. You should have said it then. That's well, cool. I just wanted to make yeah. sure because I'm like, is he more or less? No, no, no. One. Because you're a little, you're a little taller. What are you? Five, 165. Nine? Yeah. Five, nine. Um, so yeah, basically I have, uh, pipe cleaners for arms yeah. and mosquito bites for muscles. So no, yeah, I really drive them crazy at the you, beach, man. You, let me tell you, you. Uh, I was going to say, you definitely, you're definitely a mere muscle guy, right? You just get those big, you know, the biceps and the shoulders and the abs. I think what I was looking, I was just kind of saying, I'm like, you're based on the neck ratio of the headshot to where I know Bryce now. I'm like, there's just, he was a little bit bigger. His muscles would have been a little bit bigger yeah. based on his neck ratio back then. Yeah. So, so that's true. Which just got me the hair. The hair. Had I not known you before with long hair, knowing that you had the long hair, would have been a little kind of like, whoa, Bryce had long hair. But now you're kind of going full circle. Yeah. How, how like why did you go with the long hair? Just COVID or back into? Yeah. It? Well, no, because I'd always been like, ah, like. So the reason I got rid of it was because I was sick and tired of waking up in the morning, and by morning I mean one thirty in the morning to go get Carson, who at that time was an infant, up from bed because he was crying or whatever in the crib and I had hair in my face. I was so sick and tired of like waking up, like I don't want to be awake and then moving all this shit out of my face and then having get to him and I have more stuff in my face because I either didn't grab a hat or a headband or a hair tie, pull it back. And so then one morning I woke up and I told Jess to make me an appointment to cut my hair. And then three days later I went and cut my hair. Had she only known you with long hair? She first met me when it was growing out. Okay. And so it looked horrible. The growth phase is by far the worst phase. Um, so that's why it had started getting just a little bit longer. And then it was time to quarantine. So I just didn't cut it. And then it made it to a point where I was like, well, okay, we're, it's long now. I, I got long hair, but I, I was trying to grow it out prior to COVID. And then COVID was great because I'm in a p- profession where I can't wear a hat all day. Correct. So if you wear a hat, I was home all day. Nobody saw me. It's I had fine. A, I was wearing a, a backwards ball cap, 90, whatever, 99% of COVID, I had a backwards hat on. Yep. And then I came in here and the girls hadn't even noticed because when we were doing like webinars and stuff, I just had like a backwards hat. Yep. And like, oh, his hair's a little longer like everybody else's, but nothing. I was like, I was actually like growing it and uh, showed up and they were like, oh, wow. And then it got to the point where the maintenance of it, trying to keep it back was fine but then it was the growth phase and my left over my left eye doesn't grow very long because my hair normally goes this way yeah so to get it to go back the other way takes a little extra you know length to do it and it kept flopping down in my eyes so if i didn't have enough product in it to hold it back or a ball cap and ball cap was the best but obviously with work i didn't wear hats it kept getting in my eye all the time yeah by mid-morning i spent the whole day pulling it i'm like okay this is just yeah it's just a waste of time it's annoying no it's um it's a lifestyle. It's <laughs> it's it is just the way it's you just said a it. lifestyle, man. And sometimes you just gotta pay homage to Flo Sidon and you know, just let it rage. No, but it's, I, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean because you do have to walk a line because if you have to put enough stuff in to get it to stay where it is, like I still have to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you go overboard, you look like a greaser. Or you just like looked unkept, which ah. is not okay when you're like yourself, you're meeting with someone or if like I'm getting ready what, to go talk kind, to a board. What, what kind of pr- product you put in your hair? Um, you don't have a lot of shine. It looks good. I try not to. It's from the Dollar General and really? it's a yellow tube and I don't know what it's called. But it's good. Because it holds enough because I have, based on what the people at the salon tell me 
And yes, I do go to a salon. I do too. I get all the gab. Mm-hmm. I love I the, the gossip of a salon. I love listening. I love the head rubs and the, the washing the hair after. Oh, that is nice. Now, because I have longer hair, I have to get it washed before. Ooh. And then we go get it cut. It's not the other way now. But, uh, yeah, they said I have thick hair. I have very thick hair. So it takes something with stronghold. So I got to use stronghold and I have to use enough of it because it'll slowly like go away just throughout the day. Yeah. So that way it's still okay at the end of the day. My favorite, because I was always that fine line. I had to go from a, like a, a higher glossy finish down to a more matte finish. Yep. And what happened was still the same hold. It was like a medium. I did a medium hold. But the thing was when I did, one was kind of greasier than the other. So it actually was better when I put it in throughout the day if I kind of played with it a bit. So it had the hold, but it got rid of the kind of any kind of shine. Exactly. And then it looked more natural, but mm-hmm. it held. So like even I'm using the same stuff now, but you, it's not as noticeable as if you have long hair, obviously just because of the mount. So, uh, but even like now, if I do this, it just naturally, like, it'll stay there mm-hmm. all day. It just, oh, that's cool. Just like it'll go more to like a less lesser finish. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Keeps the hole, keeps having my eyes, keeps a little volume to it. I never used to do it. So my hair was always down when I was a kid. And then I'm like, I had to kind of, Spice it up a little bit. I was an adult. I had to start looking a little bit more presentable than just, yes. just rolling out of the shower with there just the dry is, hair that comes down. There is something about being a guy and then being an adult and like having to make sure everyone can see your forehead because of, of it, your yeah. hair. I don't know what that is, but like you can't, like if you still have hair in your forehead, like down it, I mean, it, it can look, I mean, unless of course you're someone unlike me who can grow a beard and do all that stuff. Someone like me, who like we just talked about, Five nine, super skinny. I can't also have hair in my forehead or covering my forehead because I look like a child. I look like a child now. I'll look like a <laughs> child, child. <laughs> what? You still get ID'd? Yeah. Like regularly if you go to a bar or something? Yep. All the time. Now it's helpful because my uh, licensed picture was from back in college when I had long hair. So when I had short hair, I would have people look at it for a while. And it gets scanned every time too. That's really? the other thing. They always scan it. Dink. Yeah. So you, you got it. I have a beard, which takes away. If I shave, I lose. I probably lose a good eight, nine years. I think if I shave. Um, so I keep the beard. It's kind of a request by my wife is to make myself look a little more older. And uh, I think I don't get ID'd that much anymore. You still do here and there, you know, especially if it's like a place that IDs just everybody you get it. But right. if, if you're going like a random, even now buying a, if I go buy like, beer at like the grocery store or yep. at like a convenience store, they very rarely ID me. Yep. Unless they have to. Sometimes have, you're just like, you're fine. Have you been behind the person in line at a place where they're mandated to ID someone and they ID someone who's 50 and, and they, the 50 year old throws an absolute Karen fit instead of just pulling out their license? Have I, you seen that? I've seen it I've, multiple times I've and seen, it, I, I've seen I that. die laughing. I've seen that, but I've also seen the classic dad joke. <laughs> Makes me feel young again. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like, like that, that's where I thought you were going with it. But, and that's no. something I'm totally going to do when my kids, like I'm with my kids. I'm like, huh, makes me feel, uh, yeah. feel young no, again. Me too. But dad, no, you're so old. Yeah. No, the one, yeah. The one but, I'm thinking of is when they throw an absolute Karen fit. Like what? The, and the funny thing, normally do they it's follow over, up like, with cigarettes. I, too. I have kids older than you. Do they follow up with that line? Mm, haven't heard that, but just like the. Usually said more jokingly. Are than, you sure? No, I'm talking about like this is full blown. Oh, they're obsessed. Pissed. That all I all I want is my Marbreds, and you're do, gonna make me reach into the same wallet that I'm gonna get my money out. But 
you're going to make me get my ID out. Yeah. And it's super petty, but I, I love it. Even if they don't ask me, this is the thing. I just throw it. Uh, every if time. I'm at, if, especially the grocery store, because they always ID at the grocery store. I will throw it on, on top, top of. Yep, on top of. And I do it two reasons. One, because they're going to ask for it. But two, as the person, as you go through the checkout line, they never ask you, like, hey, can I see your ID? It's always like, do you mind if I see your ID? It's always, like, very tentative. And they all, for some reason, I find that they ask oh. me. They ask me, and it... it Part of it is they don't want to. I think they don't. They feel like awkward asking people for the ID. Okay. I think it's still like a. Maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but I found plenty of times where the person almost feels like they're being a nuisance asking. I'm like, dude, it's part of your job, man. Like, here you go. That's so I always. A, oh, you know what? That is a good point. Yeah. So I always throw it out because I know, especially if it's a young kid, they have to ask me. A lot of times they're like, I know you're probably old enough, but I got to ask. And I'm like, that's fine. Especially like, the dynamic when whoever is checking you out is younger. Yeah. That's. Yeah. When in reality, that's how this transaction works yeah like that's how this works you don't need to feel bad most of the time they're younger than me check it me out it works like this this is how this goes i wanted this to get this yeah i have to show you that mm-hmm. so i always i always do it not from that reason but now that you say it i notice it do you mind if i see your id yeah or in other words it's like i have to see it yeah and i always just throw it out there it's, it's there right you, on you top. check it give it to me we don't even have to talk just give it to me boom let's get, keep right, it moving right on top and uh, I'm, I'm a very like efficient guy too so when i go through the checkout line if i'm you know you get, you get your conveyor belt or whatever they call it and i'm one of those guys i go through and i put stuff with like-kinded food because i know that's what they're going to do in the bag i put all my colds together i put all my my uh you know Oh. Bars or, or or things that aren't, aren't cold but together. But then I put my meats together, put my vegetables together. Mm-hmm. And I put it in the order where I know they're going to stack it. So I'll put my milk and my eggs at the very end of the line. Yes. And I'll put all my stuff like, okay, here's some cereal or here's some yep. like stuff that I don't care if it's bent or broken yep. or whatever. Here's the meat. I know you're going to want the meat all together. Here's Heads the frozen the bread. stuff. Bread. Put the bread maybe towards the end because I got to put that on top. Absolutely. And this is all the stuff that I'm as I'm going through, I'm like, it's about efficiency. Because if I just throw it all on and they're trying to pick and choose, let me just do the work while they're checking the next person out. Boom, I think, in. okay. I I'm just, also kind of neurotic like that. So I just like, but it's. I always viewed that as like, that's what an adult does. Because as I said, I think last time, Jessica, my wife, is raising three boys. I'm the eldest boy she's raising. True. So I learned that uh, technique from her. <laughs> Because apparently that's what you do in the grocery store. <laughs> First couple times we went grocery shopping, I was just putting stuff on and she kept moving where I was putting it. So I had to learn, like, that's what you do as an adult. Like, you're as get, an adult one, member one of, of these society. Days, one of these days, yeah, you'll be, you'll well, graduate. Like, as an adult <laughs> member of society, there are just some things that you do. One of them is put your groceries on the belt the right way. What? Like you can't have a, you know, like you were talking about, I would just put it all there. Like, are you one of those people when you're doing the groceries that you grab the little stick, the divider and like place it really fast between your stuff and the other stuff? Damn. I haven't thought about that in forever. Cause now you have to wait to and, get the wave up. Oh, true. Like you're going yeah. through customs now. Like yeah, I'm right. getting ready to enter yeah. the country yeah. again. You got to wait. The, they step out of the booth and wait. You got to wait and. Get okay. the green, get the green light. Now you can come up. Um, now you can come up to my lane. So, I love self-checkout. Are you a self-checkout guy? Is that yeah, your thing? I will bring an annoying amount of groceries to self-checkout. Like clearly there's not enough room for me to do all this, but I'll do it. And then I always forget bags. Okay. So the bag thing's tough. So then you put it back so, in the cart and dis- walk it out I'm in the cart. I'm a cart. disaster. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a, you know what, you know what we're going to do before you leave? I got a bunch of reusable bags I'll give you. 
You're gonna put them in your car. Yeah. You, you, wait, wait. Do you mean that they're in the car? You just failed to bring them into the grocery store? No, I failed to move the pile that's designated for me in my garage into my vehicle. Okay. I have a pile that I'm supposed to have in my vehicle at all times, and it's never left the garage. Because you bring it in, you take out the groceries, and it gets thrown on like, like a table or ta- end table, and you forget to grab it. And next thing you know, you walk by it. I third- just always get bags from well, the giving, grocery store. But they're giving out bags now. Yeah. Again? again? Now but, we are again? That's the thing. No, I never know. No, right now you can't. Well, if you go to Hannaford's and stuff, I don't think you can bring reusable bags in oh. because of COVID. They don't want you to bring in your bags in, so they'll give you new bags. Because hmm. like, literally, they, they canceled this a month or two months or whatever it was, maybe a little bit less, but within six months probably of the pandemic, and all of a sudden now they reintroduce bags again. They're mostly, uh, I think, paper bags. Yeah, paper bags, and then there's this five-cent thing, and that's the other thing. Yes. They'll tell you, they ask you, in my experience, as tentatively, if it's okay that the bag costs five cents as any restaurant, fast food place you go to tells you that guacamole costs more. Mm-hmm. It's true. Again, as a functioning adult in society, I know that guacamole costs more. I, I, I know it does because it does everywhere. There's no place where guacamole does not cost more. How, how? I'm a big Chipotle guy, and I had this conversation two days ago with, uh, you know Joel Wood? I do. Joel Wood, me and Joel got in a, uh, a very, uh, it wasn't a debate. We basically were just agreeing because it was like we're, we were swapping like Chipotle stories. And okay. I'm big, you go to Chipotle? Yes. How many times do you think, because again, you go through all the times and you get guac and they always say guac's extra. And I think they, cause some kids stop to say it because they're like, whatever, everybody knows it. But they most times still say it. How many times has somebody gone to the checkout line, got their meal, instead of $8, it's like, 1050 and thrown a fit because the guacamole was more and they didn't tell them that the guacamole was more, even though it's labeled, I think on the checkout thing and up on the board, that guac is like an extra $2 and 50 cents. Like, do they have that? Like, I'm just wondering from hmm. a Chipotle perspective, I know it's just a word they have to say, but if I had to wait on hundreds of people a day and I had to tell, you know, and I would say out of a hundred people, 30 to 40% probably asked for guac. Do you think that out of, Maybe you had to, in a hundred times a day, do you have to say guac is extra? How many times do you actually have the scenario where it becomes a problem at the checkout line? And they're just like, and this is a question. I have, to ask I have no like, clue. Cause I'm thinking of like, cause I've never seen that happen. The before. fact that they say it, they must have a lot of people that complain at the checkout line. And yeah. then it just be Oh, sorry. It is extra. We'll just wave your guac this time. If you're having that much of an argument, it's two bucks. But like, yeah, well, especially from your point, cause it is on the sign and then it's written yeah. It's just everywhere. It's like right, it's literally, I think, right in front of the guac on I, the glass that you see. I think you know they're what? like guac's 258. I think they need to do a picture. Only a picture. Just like have a pile of money falling out of a thing of guacamole. Because apparently people can't got, read. Just have it, like a bunch of cash on top of guacamole. Like hieroglyphics on the It's on more the wall. money. Yes. Yep. But like if you have ten dollars for the meal but you want guac you are going to be short so make sure you bring eleven dollars to get your guac you ain't kidding your meal or do it like so five guys Mm -hmm. when you walk in they're like pumped apparently to see you and they're like oh welcome to five guys and then someone walks in they're like put two down just like get get two patties down yeah chipotle can add it in and say welcome to chipotle guac is more money Right at the start. It's a little cumbersome. Right at the start. Guac is more. Yeah. 
Why not? Welcome to Chipotle. I'm surprised they don't have like these big like signs all around that say guac is like all over the window. Or the or the tortilla heater station, which that's my ideal station because mm-hmm. it's very low stress. Yep. Very high like contact with someone. Quick turnover too. Welcome to Chipotle. Quick turnover though. Exactly. I mean, was it 10 seconds? And it's perfect. It's yeah. done. Welcome to Chipotle. How can I make your day better? better. By the way, guac is more. That's it. Sorry. Would you add the wink? You'd yeah, the wink. I would. Yeah. Hey, by the way, guac is more, even for you, beautiful. <laughs> so, so, the, uh, I, 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 so what, what's crazy is how many restaurants do you know that they there's something about the restaurant you just know? Maybe you don't go there all the time, but you just know through marketing, through ads, guac is extra. We all know that. We all know, you know, if you go to... What is it like? People go to like Chick-fil-A and get the Chick-fil-A sauce. Or you go to... Oh. I'm saying like how many people just know stuff? Like if you go to McDonald's, like this was like back in the day, we always got the double cheeseburger meal off mm-hmm. the dollar menu. Mm-hmm. But you, you would say dressed as a Big Mac. It's a... So Big Mac's what? Probably... I don't know what they are now. Back then, maybe $2.50, $3 for a Big Mac. Sure. You can buy a double cheeseburger off the dollar menu for a dollar. Yeah. Dressed as Big Mac. Yeah, you lose the difference between the two is the center bun, right? For a big so savings, so you're paying two dollars for a center bun. That honestly just makes yeah. it more sloppier. You don't need the center bun, right? You want all the stuff on the inside. Mm. So that's just a little quick tip for people. Now maybe this shows how much I had going on in high school that that was something we picked up on. Yeah, I mean that's better than what we did. Let me see. McDonald's. Was, yeah, it was. I don't know why or who. Did came you up do with the it. pounder? No, I did a bunch of just a bunch of goofballs. Do you know what the oh, pound, do you know what the pounder is though? The quarter pounder? No, the pounder. What's the pounder? It's just four patties. Ugh. Although I say that, but I can't it's, say it's simple that math because I used because I used to crush. I used to crush the triple cheeseburger from Burger King. Thanks for coming. The baconator with three uh, patties and at Wendy's baconator. That one too. All of them. You know what I had before we get to your McDonald's story on Saturday night, Saturday, you know, you know, those nights when you're just kind of hanging out the house and like, I don't want to cook. Let's just get something tonight. Yes. So we ended up, my family, we're like, we're just going to get a bunch of food. What do you want? So I was craving Sawadee. I haven't been Sawadee, the Thai place. I love peanut sauce. Since like last year. It was amazing. So I'm like, I want Sawadee. My wife hates it. Gina won't eat it. So. Gina wanted Five Guys. Hell yeah! Which is which is which is fine. It just wasn't in the Five Guy mood, and I was like, I don't know why. So I went that way. She went that way, and then we're like, we were gonna get the kids Five Guys, but then I'm like, it's so expensive at Five Guys for uh, what my kids are gonna get. So we went to McDonald's. Correct. Give me some Happy Meals. We don't do it all the time. Whatever. We splurged. Me, Papa, sitting in the drive-through looking. I had a hankering for filet fish. Ugh. I was. I know you said that you didn't like fish, and I'm like, I don't know why. I haven't had a filet fish in years. I got home and ate that filet fish in seconds, and it was so delicious. I think it's honestly because of just like the amount of mayo they put on it. Probably. Or the, or the tartar sauce, whatever it was called. Yeah. Very good. It comes with cheese, right? Or do you have to ask no, it was for cheese. cheese? It was cheese, this like tartar sauce. The filet fish is a fairly good chunk of fish. It's a pretty like meaty yeah. fish pack. In a very natural shape, too. Just, I just, see a lot of square fish. Just kind of, just kind of cut it. I see a lot of square fish. It's, I've uh, caught a bunch of square fish. Take, I think that's the thing that creeps me out the most. Well, however they package this little, Ugh. this little Nemo into a patty, it was very good. And uh, 
I enjoyed it. I don't get a lot of McDonald's food, to be honest. And the thing is, though, McDonald's really hasn't much has changed much since I was a kid. The Big Mac's still number one. Number two, still a double cheeseburger meal. Like you can go right down quarter pounders. I think a three. It was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Filet of fish is always like a seven or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think that's changed. I don't know the menu at Burger King. I was never a Burger King guy. I'd eat Burger King, but it was like we always were McDonald's over Burger King. It's kind of like Pepsi over Coke, or oh yeah, you know, just I I probably have been to Burger King under ten times in my life. Wow, maybe less, maybe less. That's probably even giving it. I think I went to Burger King ten times yesterday. You're a Burger King guy? Uh huh. Really? Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Just I've just never. Me neither. It's almost like. There's always like you go one, like a David Letterman or Jay Leno like back in the day. You always kind of watch mm. one or the other. I don't know what it was, but people were like diehard. Like, you know, I, I always watch Jay Leno. And people were like, I always watch David Letterman. So nothing wrong with either, but just the way you went. Hmm. So what, what was your McDonald's story? Oh. um, Oh, oh, yeah. Because you called, you got the double cheeseburger dressed like a Big Mac. Correct. Right? It's like a, yeah, like a cross-dressing cheeseburger. And it was amazing. It's dressed as a Big Mac. That's it. Cool. So ours was called the McGangbang, and it was a double cheeseburger, and then, I don't know why, but you got a spicy chicken sandwich, and you just put the spicy In. chicken patty. Yeah. It was delicious. Really? So good. No idea why. And That was actually the name of it on the menu. Oh, hell no. That's not on oh, the menu. Oh, I, but I didn't know if you like went up and told them that. they would. That's what they would call it. No. There were a couple people who I guess some of the kids went to that McDonald's enough to get it that they could order it from that guy. Like, oh, hey, Tony. <laughs> the, yo, hey. So instead you'd say, can I have a... Tony's. Tony's behind. Okay. But if Tony's not behind, how would you go about ordering that? Double cheeseburger, ketchup only, and a spicy chicken. That's, Sorry, that's how you'd order it. Mick chicken. That's how you would order it. Yeah. So the, the thing is, it's definitely not cost effective because you got to throw away the spicy chicken bun. Oh, oh. Because it's tough to get like just a spicy McChicken patty. It's only the- oh, so I, I would order this. Just put the McChicken patty right in there. Just yeah, up, just so charge me a buck. Oh yeah, well no. So you guys would that. you guys would basically dissect the McChicken and put it together. Insert okay. Yeah, um, that's not bad. I've never tried that before. The McChicken was amazing back in the day. Yes, are you spicy are you a Chick Fil A guy? Uh, uh, yes, spicy. It's really good. Every and the sauce is so good. So this is my thing. Every time I've been to Chick Fil A, which I think is two or three times, I've been disappointed. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is. And everybody's That's... like, "Oh, you didn't." And every time I tell somebody, "Like, well, you didn't get this," I'm like, "Mate, I need to go and just let someone order for me because I've done the the spicy chicken, whatever it was, Wait, one or two. They said someone's response to you saying you weren't happy with Chick Fil A because you didn't get this. Most people they just... literally make chicken. I know. And I, so at one point, I got the chicken nuggets. I'm okay. Like, Not a big fan. And they're like. Oh, but no, I got the grilled chicken nuggets. I'm like, oh, well, you didn't get the this chicken nugget. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, what do I get for the sandwich? You got to get the spicy sandwich with this. I'm like, I got it. I'm like, it's just, I, it was okay. It was good. It was good, but it didn't like blow me out of the water. Like there's certain places I go to. I, if, very similar. Chick-fil-A is like the chicken. I would say five guys like the burger. Like if you had to put on Correct. par with each other, those are like a higher end yep. fast food joints. Yep. My... Five Guys, to me, the burger itself blows away the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. And I could be totally wrong on that. Ooh, and I don't know that's a good, a good debate, but if I if I had to pick, if I think had Five to, Guys does burgers better than Chick-fil-A does, does chicken. chicken. Ooh, damn. That's a hot take, I know. but yeah, I like it. Well, uh, here's a th- mm, it's a good burger. And two just comes with it right away. You get two patties, and it's yeah. always kick, cooked perfect. And you can crush the toppings. Mm-hmm. And the bun's great. I think it's because they wrap it in the foil. 
think that's something to it. Keep Instead the heat of paper, in. I, it's great. I think that's a it good kind of makes look. me feel like a like a fair food kind of deal. Yeah, oh, it's good too. Damn, what? You do smell like you do smell like like just grease when you come out. They do car they do car side to go now though. You don't even have to go in the place. Yeah, which is great because one of the reasons I don't like going is because I just smell like grease when I walk mm, out of there. I got gotcha. you. So if I you just give me the grease, but I don't smell like the grease, I like it. It's like going to a diner and like having mm-hmm. to change your clothes before you go because we've done mm-hmm. that before. Like you got to change your clothes before you come back. Yes. Otherwise, you smell like home fries. Yep. I also don't understand why, unless you're getting fries for multiple people, if you're just getting fries for yourself at Five Guys, why you'd ever get more than a small fry. I always order the large, and I can never finish it. Right. Whatever size you get, they just dump more fries in the bag. That's it. So, I, so for me, unless, like, let's say I was going with someone and we were just going to get some fries, then I'll get a large fry and we'll split them. A small fry is... Adequate. The, the thing is smaller, the cup is smaller, but then they take and just dump more fries in the bag. Mm-hmm. They overflow the cup and it just... I don't even know why they put the cup there, to be honest. Probably hold some of the grease. Just so, I, I watched them do it. They fill the cup and they put it in the bag and then they have a separate container that they scoop up so, more fries with on purpose and just dump it into your paper bag that's already greasy. So is that your food hack? Is just order a small knowing you're going to get more? Yeah. So I talked about this with Joel the other day. If you, go to, if you go to Chipotle and I always order double rice and double vegetables, it doesn't cost you any more to get it. And then I ask for just meat, but I don't ask for double. Psychologically... There's more in the bowl, and you put a little bit of meat on. You're like that doesn't seem like I added the right amount. They always end up adding like an extra quarter. The of meat a scoop. goes last. No, no, no. I so thought when, the meat went first. No, it does. But when you go through rice and vegetables and beans are the first three things you order. I don't get beans in my meal, so I always get rice and vegetables. Give me double white rice and give me double veggies. They put those on first, and then you go to and no beans, and then they go to the meat. Throw chicken on. Oh, so they always scoop a big yeah. scoop of chicken. And they'll dump it, but plenty of times they go back and they're like, you can see them and they go back and they take like just a little bit more, which might be another five little chunks and throw it back on. So you're almost getting the double meat without ordering the double meat. And then you just go through and just recap the rest of your meal. And you're just putting them into a mental pretzel but, in that moment because they're but staring psych- at it. Psychologically, they're like, wait, that doesn't look like I put enough meat on. Meanwhile, they, meanwhile they're scooping, the same person that just put double everything else in. You've been scooping that same amount of meat since 11 a.m. And then Galen Trombley walks in and puts your ass into a mental pretzel mm-hmm. because he... Playing tricks on you. So, it works. It works 60% of the time. It works every time. 60%. Ah, beat me to it. 60% but, of the time, it works every time. But even if it doesn't, then you just... Double ignore. rice. The thing is, they're never going to give you less meat. So it's always an opportunity to potentially get more. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a cheap high school kid that's still trying to like weasel out the fast food restaurants but mcdonald's same thing like the double cheeseburger dressed as a big mac like you're for two bucks i'm saving the, i'm saving the bun i'm getting rid of the I'm, re, actually, I'm losing the bun saving two bucks and and it's an easier burger to eat than a, than the actual big mac i'll have to keep that one in mind throw it in just throw it in the next time compare yeah get a big mac and then get a double cheeseburger dressed as a big mac no, and i'll just, just get a double cheeseburger dressed yeah I mean, back in the back in the day, we would get multiple of those. Well, yeah. So what are you going to do? Eat one double like cheeseburger? Dollar, remember, remember the commercials? The Dollar Millionaire. He just like showed up and just like you rolled out with like six, seven things. Like yeah. I, want, I want two double cheeseburgers, two McChickens, yeah, fries, a flurry, the small flurry yeah. for a dollar, and then like an apple pie. Yeah, <laughs> and you win. And you I, need, I, needed, the world. I needed that nourishment because I just stood at second base for a whole entire baseball game and probably ran the equivalent of like a hundred. 
meters. Yeah. So I need that nourishment. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, I was eating beef jerky during the game too. So baseball was just, you got your calories in. Absolutely. Uh, a thousand percent. Same thing coming off the bus from a, a, a golf match in high school. Oh, exactly. Do you, do you I have- just slowly walked around the course, like very slowly with lots of breaks, tons of breaks. Some downhill too. Some of the walking I did downhill. some walking downhill probably. And some of the courses that we had to play over there, it's flat. Mm-hmm. I just went. I, I literally just went for a walk and I stopped. Some, sometimes lot. you sometimes you just picked up the ball like a lot. You already lost the hole. Let's move on. A lot, Did, and then I wind up at some fast food place on the little short bus, roll in, and then just crush, just crush value menus. Did you guys stick the golf clubs in the seat with you? Uh, go, no, golf clubs went into a different underneath seat. the bus. No, they oh they went up onto the bus with us, mm-hmm. they, just in seats. Cause you, we brought, um, like eight kids maybe. No, 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 no. In high school we brought five. That's it. You only had six, six. So you just had the, whoever had to play. You didn't bring an alternate or something. No. Wow. No. Cause it was just like, you know, Hey, we have a match in Fredonia, which sorry, if you're in Plattsburgh, that'd be the equivalent to saying we have a match up at North country today. Okay. Hour, hour and a half. Well, half hour drive. I mean, just in oh, terms of oh. like drive time. Wait, Elmira and Fredonia are that close? No, no, no. I grew up in Jamestown. Yeah. I'm talking about high school. Oh, high school. Gotcha. I'm talking about high school. Yeah. No, uh, college, much different. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. We're in a van. Clubs are down below. Yeah. And we do well. And it's a two-day tournament. We do well the first day. We go out to dinner. That's awesome. I wish I would have played. So the, the fun. So you played at what? Elmira? Yeah. So Plattsburgh State had a golf team. Yeah. It folded the golf team like one or two years before I got to go to Plattsburgh. And this, I kid you not, I never played on the golf team growing up. Like mm-hmm. golf, not very good. I mean, it was good back then, not good now. But the, I, I like golf. I never played on a golf team. I'm like, I'm pumped. I'll play in college. This is great. I'll play all my team sports in high school and I'll play college golf. And I said, hey, if I go to Plattsburgh and just play in the golf team, it'd be awesome. I applied only to one school in college. It was Plattsburgh. I just, I was like, not very into college. So I was like, oh, whatever. I'll just go to Plattsburgh, just get my degree and just whatever. Next step. And I almost thought about going to Potsdam and I hate, I hate that area. Like I don't like, and I know I have a lot of people that are from that area. I just never had any interest in going out to Potsdam or St. Lawrence or any of those places. Um, and I almost went because they had a golf team mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, if I can just go to business school here, why don't I just go to business school there, but then play golf. But I'm like, eh, I don't really want to play that much. I can still play, but not play on a team. Mm-hmm. So college golf, I think would have been fun. Even at that level. It's a blast. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it similar to high school or is it stroke play? Or do you play match play? No, stroke. Yeah. So you just go and like you'll have your, well, you play like multiple teams will be at one event. Exactly. So you would play with a player from like Brockport and a player from Geneseo. Sure. Yep. So you, you would never play with another member of the Elmira team. Correct. Gotcha. Yep. So you have one, you know, you're one man, two man, three man, four man, five man. Yep. So if you were the, if you were the one guy, you'd play with the ones from the other two and it would just be a stroke match. You're actually playing match play against those guys. It's it's, ma- it's stroke against all the players. All the players, and then you drop your highest score, and then you have your team score. So like your team score, you know, you shoot like a uh, a two oh seven, and then yeah. and that's five of the six guys that are contributing to that four. score. Four or five. Okay, so you drop. You would always drop the lower score though. Always drop the highest score. Or the highest or the highest score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Oh, that's kind of cool. 
Mm-hmm. Did, they don't do that in high, did you play match play in high school or did you play stroke play? Stroke play, same thing. Really? Because up here it's match play. Same thing. I would love to play match play. I do much better in match play than stroke wait, play. Wait. Nope, lying. Up here, Attaboy. Is, up here is stroke play. The MVAC, which is not a thing anymore. This was back. The Shazy was MVAC, not CVAC. Um, there was Champlain Valley and Mountain Valley. So we we're the Mountain Valley Conference. They played match play. CVAC played stroke play. Oh. Which I don't understand why they played different. So I always remember if you looked in the scores in the paper, CVAC, you could actually see the stroke play scores. If you looked in the MVAC, they would just say they won three and two. Yep. But then they would highlight like, oh, this player shot the best round at, at a 40, but he won three and two. But you right. don't know what his opponent shot. His opponent could have shot right. 45. Right. Or could have shot better and just still lost. Yeah. So we never got to see that, which kind of stunk. But I, I could always compare my scores against the local golfers up in Clinton County, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, thoughts on this tournament right here? I've asked a lot of people on this. want to hear your take. Because you didn't play in it. You wanted to play in it. You were a smart um, husband and took the, uh, took the day off to spend the anniversary with the wife, which is a good play. Um, but next year, I, I think you will be playing in this. It'll be a different date. And what's your thoughts? Yeah. It's awesome. This is your first time seeing this. It's awesome with only upside potential as well, um, which you and I talked about. This will only grow. There will only be more interest in it. What's your, what's your, th- what's your thoughts on... So we played match play. We had eight guys per team. Eight, yep. eight players. Megan Strong played. So eight players. Yep. Um, we had four ball, which is basically the t- best score of the two players playing their own ball. Mm-hmm. Four sum, which is alternate shot, and then singles. So that is the exact same formats they play at the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would be anything that you would change? Anything you would add? What do you think going into next year? Kind of seeing it. I mean, you, you're enough of a golf guy. You understand what we did. So mm-hmm. what's your thoughts? Um, with it being one day, you are a little more limited in terms of how much, how many different things you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what you had set up is a, that's perfect. You did just nine hole matches. So you played 27 holes. Yeah. That that's all you can do in a day. Correct. You can't, you can't do more. Mm -hmm. Um, which that's, that's perfect. Honestly. Um, alternate shot is a bear of a, of of a format mm-hmm. that's some real stuff which i love it though it's a blast but it's that's a bear um and we did alternate shot where odds and even t-ops so like if you and i were playing like who, who do you want to off and the odds are evens and you had to no matter who made the putt it was always oh really okay you always and we didn't do it where both of us teed off and then we went alternate shot it was like no no you're teeing off you're the, okay you're teeing off for this event i think that's fine too because mm-hmm. it just it's simple. Yeah. But I think that's how they do it. Ryder Cup, they don't it's go simpler. by who sinks, sinks the putt. They do odd even. So if two thoughts that I was, one I came, I kind of thought of, two, I forgot who told me this. It might have been Joel. It was somebody in the last, it might have been Joel that said this, and he, he did, it was good insight. Um, number one is we had 16 players. I thought we could go up to 24, potentially, because that is a Ryder Cup, 12 and 12, which gives us the ability next year to add eight more players, mm-hmm. which, based on the demand that we had and based on everything else... No problem. I, we would fill that. Easily. Yep, easy. And it would still keep the legitimacy of the tournament. Mm-hmm. 
And anything above that, I'm not into. So I think we're always going to cap it for the foreseeable future at 24 mm-hmm. at this stage of the tournament. Mm-hmm. You were the one that made up or came up with the idea of potentially doing a play-in tournament, mm-hmm. which also would be a you know a donation money maker. Yep. Um, but then we got to figure out how does that tie into this, and is it fair? Not to say is it fair. It would be fair if we played in. Everybody playing by the same rules would be fair. But would we want to see it where potentially we would lose some really good key people that to this tournament because they failed to qualify? Like, could myself, could, you know, could Forrest Edwards, who's been doing it for a couple of years, could Matt just not qualify? Because, like, we did, especially if we're doing match play or if we're doing it's, handicaps. Um, it's, it's your tournament, right? Yeah, so I can, I mean. So I, then by I, default. You could be a sponsored right, exemption. So, no, no, so. If you're going to keep the Ryder Cup format, that would just be like equivalent to captain's picks. Is And obviously, no one's going to have an issue with you and Matt Craig being in. And I get Forrest Edwards, if he's done it all. The, if it's like, it's like the OGs of the tournament. You're in. If you have an issue with that, that's on you. So, so you're just in. You're in. Craig's in. So I think, so next year, this is what we were planning on doing. You haven't fully discussed this yet so a lot of this is just kind of me speaking is these 16 people get an invitation to the tournament y'all played in last year this email is going out to the 16 of you here's the date are you 16 in oh to give them you guys were in it last year kind of doing the honor system or doing the loyalty system yeah we had a great we had a blast everybody got into it do you want to play my guess is out of the 16 all 16 would say yes. I think all 16 would still play in it. Yep. Then it becomes... Minus a scheduling conflict. Exactly. Then you minus maybe two to three people that might have a scheduling conflict. So now we need eight more people. Eight more people minimum to get it up to the 12 and 12, which would not affect anything. It would just add a few more matches, which whatever, that makes it a little more fun. Yes. And then we bring yourself in. We bring a couple other people that were on the wait list, a couple other people that want that we didn't even talk to that were like, hey, I would have loved to have played in that. And we're like, oh my God, we didn't even think of you. Not in a bad way, just we were just kind of jamming yeah. on some just ideas. Just you don't matter, so we didn't think of you. That was actually the real reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, uh, but then uh, Joel came up with a good idea because I said, do we just keep the teams the same next year? Because it was down to a, a point. Okay. And technically a half point. Matt got eight and a half. He needed eight and a half to win it. If it was eight and eight, I would have won it. So he got eight and a half. So it was that close in a handicap system with uh, however many matches we ended up playing. But do we keep the same teams? Because I thought it was well run. You know, we could probably do it the same way. Or do we just say, no, we're always going to repick teams. Or, or what Joel said is, do we have almost like fantasy football? Do you have kind of like, you get to, you get to keep maybe minus yourself, maybe three other players. Or maybe you get to keep five other players, which might be half your team, and then the other six could be jumbled up. I don't know. Like every year, you can always pick. So if I always wanted Amel to play with me, I could always keep Amel. Amel is one of my like like safety picks next year. Like Matt Craig picks Ryan Lee. Like you always get a crew of who you want, and then the other people can kind of be interchanged. Or same thing. Do we have automatically four people are in and the other ones play in? It's tough. It's kind of like. So what you do is you, uh, this will then have to change for the kids charity golf classic invitational. So you just Could add be. invitational there. Could be. You is, do because you send it. You know what? That's cool because you have your original people who supported it. 
you send out your invites to 16 people mm-hmm. for the purpose of this conversation. 16 people say, hell yeah, I'm in. This was a blast. Just, we got to drink something other than seltzers. Cause all you crazy cats just love your seltzers on the course. We have, we have the claws here. We have some claws here. If you want Claw! it's, it, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's the AM hours, but we have claws. Sure. Why not? Do you want, um, one? I'm not going to drink. I got, I got a whole thing of coffee. Here. Then no, me. I'm not going to sit here. Would you here. drink one if I had one with you? Potentially, it, but there's no way I'm going to sit here while you're drinking a coffee and I'll just sip a claw. I mean, I'm I, good. I can drink this after you No, I'm I fine. can have a claw with you. I'm good. It's, it's, it, I mean, people don't know when they listen to this, a problem they know it? could be, this could be nine o'clock at night. What is it? No law claw. What? No law when you're drinking the claw. Baby. Yeah, baby. So anyway, so you send out your 16 invites. Everyone wants to come back and you want to get this up to eight more. So what you do is, and again, this is just from the gauging interest or sorry, generating more interest, which will generate more money mm-hmm. to donate, which is the end goal of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you did this to make money for local charity. Correct. The byproduct of that is having a blast on the golf course. Correct. It's like, fun. The byproduct of all of this is a blast, mm-hmm. which is a win, win, win. Mm-hmm. It's knocked out of the park so far. <laughs> so then from there, um, you'd have to pick the date early on for this to work. So mm-hmm. you send it out, you get that, and then you would kind of have to test the water to see how many other people are interested. Mm-hmm. So you have eight more. Let's say you have 20 people. Like, yeah, dude. I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. That's when you do the play in. It's 18 holes, whatever, right? Nine, 18, whatever you want. Probably 18. Depending on who's there, you you could work with handicap, whether it's full handicap or three quarter your handicap, whatever that winds up being. And then you have the people who make it. So now you have your 24. Then from there, fingers crossed that... <clears throat> This is, um, fingers crossed that we're not in COVID anymore. Mm-hmm. You can pick a local spot. Hey, can we get a room? Can we rent out some space Friday night from six to nine? Everyone comes and they can bring a spouse, a friend or whatever. Someone like a Valcor or Overcraft wins because they got a boatload of people coming in. Mm-hmm. There's a little jar. Um, where you can put donations when you come in, that could be a night where you have some donations from businesses and there's a raffle mm-hmm. or you do a 50, 50, 50, 50, super easy. No thought goes into that. You get to keep half of it. Mm-hmm. If they're a normal human being. They'll donate it back. Yep. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> it's a hundred percent maker. Um, and then in that, the, the fun around that event is that's when you pick your teams there to so do a live draft. Yes. I'm not against it. If you're going to pick someone on your team or if you're going to say you don't want someone on your team, then you tell them right then and there. Yeah. I'm not picking you because I'm picking him. And that's when you can do, you can have a blast with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like music. You could have a chart. You could get like a projector up with a chart. All this stuff is not. Smoke and lights. and All this stuff is not that. There's not a lot of upfront investment in terms of time and thought to knock this out of the park. Because you do that, and then it's right there again. Who, who's, any place, old, anywhere, who's going to say no? Because also I, you're tied in with the for the kids. You're tied in with you know, ADKYP. You know I think our goal, <clears throat> like, from two fronts. <clears throat> number one is we want to we have 
we have thought of some money goals we want to hit. Cool. Like raising, like what we want to hit certain years. But part of it is nobody does this tournament, this style of tournament. And for the fact that this is, and again, I, me and Matt were sitting down at Campus Corner having breakfast and said, wouldn't it be cool to do this event? That was a Thursday or Friday. Whatever. Okay. And not that weekend. Or no, sorry. That was early in the week. Not that weekend. The weekend after was when we had it. So we had like two weeks to do everything. Yeah. So we literally left, grabbed my camera, ran to the barracks, shot some little, just some little clips. I did the promo video. We put it out, raised two grand, played me and him. A lot of fun. Fast forward one year. We have 16 people. We raised more than double what we had last year. Mm -hmm. We had a title sponsor come in and mm -hmm. made the tournament much more legit than what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And we had interest from other people saying mm -hmm. they would want to play in it. Mm -hmm. There were so many things we wanted to do that it's cool because we already have things kind of set in stone for next year. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we need a sponsor. We need shirts. We kind of have our idea. We have the logo. We have the shirts. We have the mm -hmm. idea for the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. I can just, you know. Pull names out, re put new names in. We already mm -hmm. kind of have this. Mm -hmm. Everything's pretty much done. Mm -hmm. I know how to do the, the handicaps. I know how to do the format. So now we can keep building on other stuff. You have a foundation. Yes. You have the foundation set, and now you can blow the money raising part of it and the fun factor out of the water. Correct. Personally, I think one of the main reasons when we first talked, I think that a play in for the last spots is awesome, is because A, it's fun. B, it gets people on the golf course who's going to say no. Mm -hmm. And if you want to play in, it's X dollars. Yeah. It's X dollars to a donation. You're $20, like 20, you cover your greens fee and 20 bucks. Perfect. So if you do $20 and I don't know. 20 people show up. 20 people want to try to get into these spots. 400 bucks. Instantaneously, that's 400. I'm not very good at math, but I do know that four times five is 2,000. So you're already at 20% of what you made the first year. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I, Boom. I, I thought you were just, just going to say 20 times 20. Woo. I was thinking really simple. Yes. Thanks for coming. Uh, not a big deal at all. Just crush that math out of the park. Common core, baby. Uh, yeah. And this that's coming from someone who the last math class I took was in 10th grade. That's good. So you, I was so pumped. I tested. Shout out to the 10th grade math teacher. Uh, yeah. He was great. I was so bad at it that, um, sorry, brief aside, I was so bad at some of the algebra two trig stuff we had to do that um, I was like, I would actually go and try to get some extra help. That's how bad it was. I just didn't get it. And his response finally to one type of problem, because it, it, it's teaching for the regions. It's teaching mm -hmm. to eventually pass the test. His final solution was, we're just going to hope that this isn't on the test. And then the last question on the test was that type of question. I do remember that. And I remember laughing out loud and then raising my hand. He came over. He gave me a fist bump and he just said, good luck. I appreciate you. I don't know what to do with this either. You know, I, tr I tried to draw a picture. I did the game where you write a little more messy, hoping someone can't read it. But so that way you get a point somewhere. Anyway, or you just keep writing where you go around in circles to the point where you almost cover every single thing in one response. And they're like, well, no, but he did kind of mention it here. So maybe he does know what he's talking it was about. was literally just looking for a couple points out of that question. That's it, man. Passed it though. Not a big deal. Then did okay. on the SAT never had to take another math class. Didn't take math in 11th or 12th grade. 
Never took the math class in college. It was phenomenal. So you and math is me with science. Oh, okay. My, my, my mom was a science teacher for 30 plus years. Mm. I think I had your wife in school or maybe. One, maybe she was in a different class. But like taught Northeastern 30 mm. something years science. Science is by far my worst class. I like science. I appreciate science. I, I find it fascinating. This brain doesn't really pick up science that well. It wasn't for me. I managed to not do it in my 12th grade year. In all of college, I took classes with no labs somehow. I, f- I figured out the science classes I could take where I didn't have to go into a separate lab class because one, it was extra time. And I was only getting a credit for almost a second class. And then I took physics, which worse, I To be fair, the physics class was in a lecture room. I, I'm terrible at physics. And I didn't go to half the classes because it was like a sign-in thing. So like there's four of us taking it. So like it was almost like we rotated. Like, okay, you two just sign in the other two guys that skipped. Yeah. And we just kind of like went every... Every week, you went to like one of the three classes. Yeah. It was great. But I mean, didn't help the GPA, but whatever. I got the credit. <laughs> yeah. And, and there was always a huge, huge, huge like bell curve on this thing. So technically, when I was dropping 50s on that, that was equivalent of maybe like a 75. So like, perfect. That's good. C's get degrees, baby. You win. That's you it. win. You won the game. Again, it. just like extra meat at Chipotle. But um, so back to my like absolutely stellar mental math I just did there. <laughs> So by doing that, you already make 20% of what you made your first year. Then you tie in this stellar event where you do a live pick at a fun place to be that's locally owned, who also isn't going to say no to that, Mm -hmm. who would love the increased traffic Mm -hmm. on a given night. And it's fun because you have a lot of good personalities there. You can bring someone with you. So that's more money for the establishment. And then you have either a raffle and 50-50, just a 50-50. There's some more moolah for you already. And then just by virtue of having more people in the tournament on the actual day, mm-hmm. do you make more? It was about 50 bucks per person. You make more money again. You do it again. So everything being... We would add $400. Based on what we just said, counting anything outside of the golf, hypothetically, if you had... Even if you had 10 people that wanted to play in for eight spots. Sure. That's fine. Okay. So that's 200 bucks. Yeah, 200 bucks. Yep. You're automatically going to get 400 because of the entry fees. So that's $600. Those extra people. That's 600 right there. Not counting whatever they might potentially generate through their business or, or donation. Yep. And that was a, that was a big pitfall for us. Um, cause I, me personally had businesses that said, Hey, we will donate. Just let us know. And I said, yeah, sure. So this is when we're doing it. I just never like telling someone I, we're all like that. If somebody told me to donate like, Oh yeah, we're having to this day. I, like it'll be great. I'll, I'll do it totally. And then I'm in great cause, but you have to, which you, ties into the need also for not a big one. Cause that'd be cumbersome. Just like a small committee. Yeah. And not we, even like a commit. It doesn't even have to be a committee. Just like, Hey, you Take care of the fundraising. Hey, you, do this. So the problem is I am the worst person about trying to donate, trying to gain donations. I hate asking people for money. Me too. I will be one. I'm like, hey, we're doing this cool event, benefiting the kids. If you want to do it, awesome. If you don't, totally fine. Still love you. Respect you. Not going to judge you. Like Everybody hits up the same people over and over again. Small community, you're going to have, I would say, I would say like a business like your business, if they get asked for 50 to 100 donations a year, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe more. Me neither. I don't know the number, 
Yeah, but those are those. But are the, I wouldn't be surprised. Those are either. the companies that have to budget out donations in their budget. A thousand percent. Yeah, and that's kind of the point, and which is a good thing to have. Like, I mean, I think ne- by next year, I'm going to be doing that. Like, how much money can we just put aside, mm-hmm. and that is our pool for money for the year, and we just divvy it up throughout the year, and then it just goes to donations. If you have money in the pot at the end of the year, just donate to some cause exactly. you want to give to. Well, yeah, because the investing back into your community. Mm-hmm. is a no-brainer mm-hmm. is a no-brainer and it's interesting i'm not gonna get it i'm not gonna get it right but i will give my takeaway from something that rod um talked to me about and taught me over at northern mm-hmm. so rod gilts okay basically was that there is almost that not just like the feel good or the investment, but there is like a duty to invest back into your community mm-hmm. with either your man hours or your money because that community is helping you be where you are. So you have that, you owe it back to the community to donate something back um, and also help the the future mm-hmm. of what's to come and you you say it too um i think tom bull says it too a lot the rising tide oh rising tide is ra- or, rising tide raises all ships duh like all of these are no all of these are no brainers i don't like asking fundraising dollars either but something like this is it's you could even have a form it's not going to be very, very hard. That way you have the form that has a deadline for donations in bold. Here you go. Your options are this or this. Mm-hmm. Here's send check or cash to XYZ address by XYZ date. And well, usually, usually what we do with donations is like, we're just like, hey, give what you can. It's five bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever Absolutely. you want to give. And when Dave reached out to us, like Dave was like, hey, I want to sponsor it. And I was like, title sponsor it. And I remember um, talking to Meg about it. I'm like, what do you want to do? Because I knew it would get to the point where we'd have a title sponsor. I didn't expect that to be year two. Right. And I didn't expect that them to reach out to us. I thought it was like, okay, Kavanaugh's just going to be the title sponsor. Or I'm just going to reach out to somebody and yeah. say, would you want to sponsor this? So he's like, well, what do you, how much is it to be a title sponsor? God, that's a great question. And I go... Um, let us one million dollars. Yeah, yeah, and we just keep working our way down. So we 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 I think we were very fair to Dave because he, not in a bad way, and this is how I think I've like lived my life the last few years is things happen faster, which is a good thing. Meaning like opportunities and success are coming faster than I originally planned, but it's because we're putting so much effort in that naturally it's just gonna you know happen quicker. And this was one of them. Like we were putting all this effort in. And obviously, a lot of it had to do with the people involved. Like, I think Dave would be the first one to tell you if, like, certain people weren't spearheading this tournament, he probably wouldn't have done it. I mean, it's kind of like there's a people have a connection to certain people that were doing this and say, mm-hmm. you know what, we like that group of those group of, of individuals that are yes. doing this, and I want to support their cause. And mm-hmm. they're good people. And I know if they're trying to do this, I know they're doing it with the right reasons. And that was kind of this thing. Like, I think you guys are. You know, I like the people that are putting this on. I like what you guys are trying to do. I, you know, obviously the two charities are him and his, uh, and Liz, his wife, both are um, active with. So, uh, as in his words, was no brainer. But he accelerated our thought process on this because then all of a sudden it went from 
being this like tongue in cheek kind of fun tournament last year to us just kind of wanting to get more friends involved, but make more money, but get more friends involved with it. And then it really became, took on more of a professional feel. And there's stuff that I learned this year, first time running anything, like any kind of tournament organization kind of thing. And there's a few things I'm like, you know what? That had to be cleaned up. That had to be better. There's certain things I didn't do well that I'm like, and I may just, it was fine and beat myself up over it, but it was like, okay, mental note, put it down on the checklist for next year. This just has to be clean this up because it was you know, down to like thanking our sponsors and going over stuff. Like we had representatives there and it was just like, I didn't do a good enough job planning the pre-tournament stuff. I was like, I want to do, brief the rules and get a photo and that's it. And I, that's a lot of stuff that I failed mm. to do. But then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not even the best one to do that. You know, it, Meg's better at that stuff than me. Like, give me just running the golf logistical side and let her handle that side. Yeah. So let me do the rules and hand it off. And I'm like, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking of things like that can be better um, or we can clean this up or here's an opportunity. We did the, uh, you know, it was crazy. We did the mulligans this year and that was uh, Jeff Stitt. He's like, hey man, can we do mulligans? Be a money man. You, you didn't hear about this? You did mulligans in this thing? So what we did... Originally, Ugh. okay, we hear, hear this out. Originally, so Jeff Stitt, player this year on Team uh, Trombley, played very well. Um, I think he won all his matches, but the one he paired up with me because of me. I wasn't a boy. I didn't play well. Proud of you. Um, so what happened, Jeff goes, hey, can we do mulligans? It'd be an extra moneymaker. And at first I'm like, no, I want to keep it to the legitimacy of the tournament. I don't want to do it. And then I kind of talked to a couple people and I said, you know what? He's onto something. We will make more money by doing mulligans. And what's the chance the mulligans will have a big impact on the match? Potentially, but maybe not. I don't, whatever. So originally we were going to do unlimited mulligans, meaning if you were willing to pay, it was $10 per mulligan. If you're willing to put 10 bucks up and buy a mulligan, you had to Venmo ADKYP. Um, if you, you could get as many mulligans as you wanted because it just cost you more money. But then... I know, I know some of the guys in this tournament, myself included. If I'm on hole nine with a 20-foot curving putt to win my match or win the, the entire match, how many $10 am I just dropping in for every putt? You could do it during the tournament? Well, this is what we said. If you wanted to take – so bear with me. Yeah, yeah. The original idea was that if you wanted a mulligan and you hit a bad shot and went out of bounds, say, 10 bucks, I want another mulligan. And you could hit it down the middle, and would, that one's out, out the door. So he said, sure, sure. I mean, basically, if you're willing to put more money up, you can get as many mulligans as you want. It's moneymaker. So then two things came up in our heads. Because I played out all the scenarios. Is this worth it or not? Is it worth it to make more money? So what I thought originally was, do we allow unlimited mulligans? My first thought went to, if somebody's on the green, and I'm just using our good friend Jeff Stitt. Jeff's, Jeff's a gamer. He's a competitor. If Jeff's sitting there, Jeff will sit there and he would just keep throwing 10 bucks down until he made the putt. And if it cost him 120 bucks to make that putt, but it would give our team the win, I think he would have done it. And I think a lot of players here would have done it. But another factor, that was number one. Number two is I didn't want the tournament to be decided by who was more willing to pay money or more in an, more able. Some people, have, some people are, have more money that they would be financially able to pay Correct. for mulligans. And some people are just like, listen, I can barely afford the entry fee and I'm not buying mulligans. So Correct. I'm like, that's not fair either because I don't want someone to buy the tournament. So then we came up with the idea that 
we would do mulligans because the moneymaker idea was there that in order to get mulligans, you could buy up to two mulligans per match. So each nine hole match. So you go off on the four ball. If you wanted mulligans, you could buy one or two mulligans for either 10 or 20 bucks. Had to be Venmo to or given 20 bucks physically to ADKYP prior to the match starting. You had to declare that you had mulligans. Like, hey, I got two mulligans, you know, to your, whoever you're playing with. Um, you would have two mulligans. You could use it any time on any shot, wherever, throughout that nine holes. They do not carry over, and they can be used only in those matches. So if I bought two balls in the force and I only use one, that that you lost one. It doesn't right. it doesn't carry it over. You don't yep. get your money back. You, you yep. spent twenty bucks. Yep. You could not as soon as you teed off, you could not pay for mulligans. So you had to pay before. Correct. So it wasn't Correct. like hey, hole five and mulligan. Good. Yes. Gonna, so it was like that's better. So if you wanted mulligans, we are upfront telling you you can get up to two mulligans per nine. So in theory, somebody could spend sixty bucks on the day, get six mulligans, two per match, and so. My personally, I didn't pay for mulligans in the first match. Like I paid for mulligans in the alternate and I paid for mulligans in the singles. So Mm -hmm. I paid 40 bucks in mulligans. We raised as 16 guys over $600 in mulligans. Perfect. So that has to stay then. So that's kind of the thing. It, and it didn't affect, it didn't affect things too much. A couple times people did like hit a bad shot, a mulligan. That's fine. Take it. Like you bought it. You declared that you had it. So it wasn't like you were like all of a sudden on the seventh hole, I'm taking my first mulligan. And that's a level playing field. Correct, because everybody has the opportunity, but 20 bucks per nine, I wasn't enough. Now, could some people not have spent? They said, listen, I don't have the money to spend. That's totally fine. But it wasn't enough where it was going to be abused, and it was more of a moneymaker. Or if you wanted just one. Or if you're a good golfer, like, honestly, I don't need mulligans. Right. Or like you did, four ball. There's two of us out there. That's my thought. Cool. I'm Yeah, hopefully. My mulligan is my partner. Hopefully, he does right. better than me. Right. But for some, I'm like, eh, I'm going to take a mulligan because if I screw up a shot, it screws up both of us and singles with the same because every shot mattered. But most of the time, everybody I played with took mulligans okay. when I took mulligans. So that was a thought because my mind instantly went to, no, this is going to screw up the integrity of it. And then we went back to, well, if it's going to make us 600 bucks because we know these group of people and it, it could have affected a couple of the the... The matches, hundred percent, but I don't think it was enough. I'm sure, that, it did. But I'm sure it did. But again, you could, you could play it back. Like, did someone use a mulligan on the on the last hole to make a putt to win it, and they did it on a mulligan? Maybe. But then you could say, well, did that shot on number three make a huge deal? Because there's always one you could go back and play the what ifs. Like, okay, they used the mulligan in one hole three, but you also played bad on hole four, five, and six and lost two more strokes. Like, did that yeah. really matter? So, I don't. It, it part of it does it skew it a little bit? Yes, but. At the end of the day, we're raising money for charity. Say, so I was like, I think of, that kept overtaking. Yes, it does. So going back to going back to what we said about having a clear direction with respect to your intention. Mm-hmm. This is for anything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Selling houses, working with insurance, running a golf tournament. Wherever that intention is, that's clear. Mm-hmm. And so then in that way, it can fall back to that. So the number one goal is to raise money. Yes. And the byproduct is the fun. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's a money maker. Yes. And with keeping in the integrity of everything else, but I really believe we did that with the idea that we're always going to put the donation to raise money for the charities up front. But with that being said, I do think that you have to keep the legitimacy of the golf tournament, which was kind of my stickler piece as I'm not a good donated donation kind of person. I'm going to default that to, or I'm going to delegate that to someone else. I do want to keep control of the golf 
aspect of it to make sure that, because there's some people, Joel was like, hey man, I don't play a lot of golf. Hey Joel, great person. We want you. We think you'd be fun. We think you'd be a good ambassador for this. You think you'd just be a good person to have involved in this. We don't care what you shoot. That's what the handicap's for. And it was fine. He had a blast. Even though he lost his matches, like he was getting tips from guys. He made friendships with some people. Like that's what we want. But him not really knowing, even Matt, Craig, like not really knowing what we were doing all the way down to me, you know, uh, you know, you get into some guys that are really big in the golf, you know, Ryan Lee, Jerry Burns, um, Forrest Edwards, like these guys that really just, Steve LaBombard, they just knew golf. We wanted to keep it, the integrity of that, we wanted to keep it at the, the, the highest level, but we wanted to make it inclusive for people that weren't really into it. And I treated it, like I did a rule sheet. I probably had three or four sheets of rules because I'm going over every scenario, so there's no discrepancy. Obviously, it kind of is you're self-governing your group, but like I wanted at least an idea of, hey, if the ball goes out of bounds, what do you do? If somebody whiffs on a shot, what do you do? Because some people are just like, oh, you missed a shot, just, re- just tee it up again and re-hit it. I'm like, no, 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 that's a stroke, especially when we're playing handicap. So there was stuff we had to put in there that was legitimate concerns that we had to keep in there to at least keep the handicap legitimate. Yep. Because a 40 handicap could whiff on a, on a, on a shot. Yes. But it doesn't mean you just get a, to re-shot. Is that no. what you picked as a max? Yes. You maxed at 40? Yes. In this tournament we did. And there's a little more to that, but yes. Okay. No, quick, I, answer. I, quick answer was yes. There's, the, yeah, there, the highest there, handicap was 40. There's there's definitely no judgment to it. but the One or two golfers potentially could have went a little bit higher. Especially doing nine holes. A couple of them. Because that means you get 20. Yeah, a couple of them should have went a little lower. Mm. Um, and the other aspect that I tried to do for most of the players, and we only had a very small amount of pushback on this, was adjusting the handicaps to a match play scenario, not stroke play. Because I don't believe they're one and the same. Meaning... Oh, correct. If I'm... Yes. No, you know where I'm going with that. A thousand percent, yes. Yeah. If you have a two playing a ten, the two gets zero strokes. Correct. And I'm... Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes, that that's a thousand percent what you do in match play. I feel personally, yes, you do it that way. Correct. Yes, but but I'm also saying, someone that's a forty handicap playing against Steve Labombard playing as a three handicap playing against someone that was that was considered a forty handicap. The forty handicap is going to be thirty-seven strokes worse over eighteen holes of golf. Mm-hmm. Match play, if you, if you lost the hole by one stroke, if you lost the hole by five, it's still only one hole. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting all these extra strokes for strokes that you're going to lose the hole anyways, it's not fair to the better golfer. Like if you're, if you're a 40 handicap and you're getting two strokes, we played a couple, I played one match with a, a couple matches with 40s. I was parring and they were double bogeying and we were pushing, mm-hmm. which you could argue maybe, and maybe that's fair, but in a match place and in a, in a golf scenario, I or they picked up the ball before they finished the hole. Well, if they were going to take a, a ten on the hole and I parred it, and that's six strokes in match play, that's only one. You know what I'm getting at? Like a lot of their strokes could have been blasted over a hole mm-hmm. versus over eighteen. Because not you know like someone that's a forty is going to probably have a couple pars, and then they're going to have a, a a couple quads. Well, they might, yeah. And the quads though affect the handicap, not really the match play. I don't think as much. Because if you shot a bogey, if I parred and you shot a bogey, 
or you shot a f- plus four and you lost a hole by one on both scenarios where your handicap is technically off of maybe a, a triple bogey in that hole. Mm-hmm. So there's part of it was we tried to go down to like 75%, 80% of handicaps for certain players. And do it that way too. Yeah, just to make it more legitimate because you're still getting the strokes. But if I had to play really, really well against someone that wasn't playing really well for themselves and not winning or was just barely winning, mm-hmm. then I think that was... Because basically if you played well, you won. That's how it should have been. Mm-hmm. But if you were playing well and the other person was playing bad and you still lost, then the handicaps were off. Yeah. That, that, that's that's my the thought. tough part. That's the tough part with handicaps. Mm-hmm. And that's the tough part, which is just the nature of the beast. That's the tough part with having handicaps where there's no, like, you're not flighting a tournament. Correct. Though, if you wanted to get rid, if you wanted to try to mitigate that problem as much as problem, then you have, like, your ones, your twos, your threes, your fours. That's the only way, because that way you have people with a zero to seven playing together. Eight to, I don't know. Some anyway, but without doing that, which I guess you don't want to do with this, which obviously is well, fine. Or maybe you only do that for the singles tournaments. We, I mean, singles tournament. Geez, the the singles nine. But otherwise, handicap is just going to be a thing because you can be a you can be a twelve handicap that goes out there and has an unreal day and wax a two handicap who has their average day. And, and the other thing to keep in mind, out of 16 players, there might've been three or four that actually had a legitimate handicap established. Right. So a lot of this was guesswork. I guess mine, like, and I was actually playing probably around a 20 at the time. And I went down to a 15 just cause I'm like, well, does, if I had, to, and this is before we picked teams, like if I have to play against a Steve LaBombard, Steve shouldn't be giving me a stroke every single hole for match play. Mm-hmm. That means, I mean, he's going to have to I mean, I guess you could argue that it would be fair, but I, I just didn't think it would be fair to him yeah, if he's parring out and I'm bogeying out. Like, I think it's easier for me to bogey out than it is for him mm-hmm. to par out. And I just thought that was unfair where I should have had to, like, for me, shoot the equivalent of, like, a high 80s to beat him, not him having to shoot a sub-par round to beat yep. me at bogey golf. So, yeah. um, and we talked about flights. I don't, the thing with flights, though, you start getting to too many people. It becomes mm-hmm. very, it, logistically, yes. it becomes crazy. Yeah. And also... How do you factor in the flights into the main thing? Because then I think that adds another layer of like, well, the the A flight and the B flight, the B flight blue team won, the red or the A flight red team won. How do we combine those scores? No, so the way you would do that then, which I still like it the way you have, but the way you do that then is you would have to look at the pool of players that you have and determine how many A players, B players, C players, D players you have. Mm-hmm. And then based on the numbers there, each team gets two A's, four B's, and six C players. Is that where you're leveling off the two teams? It's not quite like flights, but you have... Would you always put the higher handicaps against each other and lower against each other? Or no? Because it wouldn't really matter. Because if I look at this... like Maybe so, in singles. So what we did was... I think the closest match the entire time we did this, because I was filling all the scorecards... There was a couple people that were only giving a stroke per hole, per nine. Mm-hmm. There was quite a bit, though. There's a couple matches like Steve LeBombard played in and a couple other good golfers where every hole they were giving one to two strokes. Mm-hmm. So it ended up like we're, in our first match, we were given a stroke every single hole, and I think we were giving two strokes on a couple holes. Me and Jared went down to 15. We were playing 240s. So like we, we ended up winning, 
but we had to play very, very well to win. Like I had to play the last three holes, I think, in one under par to win it. Which you know, and I'm just saying, like that is like, which for me is really good. Like that's not normal. Um, but like, it's it was good. I mean, at the end of the day, it was a half a point, and really, you could go through a lot of scenarios. Like, guy made a putt. I know one match, like a team won because one because someone missed a putt. Yeah, it would have been a tie, and they yep. won it. Um, so it's pretty wild. So I think next year will be cool. Um, I am hoping that we probably get the 24 players. You will. And I think, but I think that's where I want to stop at the actual match with being. And then we thought about, does this go two days? Does this go three days? You know, does this go? Because the thing is, some people had a hard time playing this much golf in one day. So if you went two days of the similar style, that could be quite a bit. Or do you just do, hey, we're doing some four ball for some matches on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you just show up and play your singles. Yes. And maybe Sunday is just a pure. To start, Yes. Next year, you keep it in the day. You keep it one day to see how it goes, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think this will go to a multi-day event. And then from there, if you need to, then yeah, you can do... I agree with that. Four ball, four some Saturday. Singles Sunday. With and something. maybe singles is considered an 18-hole match. Could be. And then four ball and four sums, mm-hmm. you could end up arguing the way they do it well, this would be pretty wild. If you did a four ball foursome, same thing they do in Ryder Cup. They do two days of foursome, two days of four ball, like a morning afternoon, but then they flip flop it. Could you do technically you go out in the first day, half the players play four ball, half the players play foursome, flip flop it. And then they go out and play the opposite, which would kind of be the same, but you're playing them all or, or now I'm going back. You could do, on the first day, you play 36 holes, nine holes, four ball, nine holes, foursome, nine holes, four ball, nine holes, foursome. A lot of golf. Next day, you come back and play the singles matches. Mm-hmm. A lot of golf. You're playing 54 R- holes in two so days. So you run into the same issue. As to as what? Just as what some people are saying, how it's a lot of golf. Yes, it would be a lot of golf. It's a lot of golf. That also is a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. I, I would be... The idea is that you don't play all of the holes because mm-hmm. some holes you pick up, especially if you're playing multiple matches. Like the singles, you could be done by the 13th hole uh, for some people. Mm. Um, yeah. So a lot of it, you won't be playing all 54 holes, but I get it. Like 54 holes over two days is a lot of golf, especially if a lot of these guys are just used to going out and playing nine holes after work kind of deal. So we'll see. We'll see how we get there. Now, again, too, I think some of this over time, like do we always keep a handicap? Does it just go straight up? You just play straight up stroke play, which would be tough because then you got to really find all how many people are all this, roughly the same caliber, which yeah. is difficult. That is hard. I mean, you can do it at the pro level, but like getting like a Steve LeBombard and me playing heads up, Steve's going to smoke me 10 out of 10 times. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, but you, I guess you could pick like me. We try to put our best guy against him to have a chance. Or you just say, hey, listen, just have him beat up on the worst player. Get, can see well, that yeah, match and just keep trying to play, yeah. like trying to win the, the, the more closer matches. Yeah, for, for now, yeah. Leave handicap. I think see the, how 24 people go. Add invitational. I, th- I think right here. this is going to end up being like the Michael Scott fun run for the cure. Cool. I hope Are so. you an office guy? We, we, might, we talked about this, right? Yep. I mean, when he just has like the t-shirt, mm-hmm. it's just like, maybe that becomes a running joke. This just gets longer and longer because for the kids, charity golf classic is a mouthful, especially when you start adding second annual, second annual for the kids, charity golf invitational. Perfect. There you go. For the kids. 
for the kids. It's for the kids. That's it. Come on. Any any any, any decision made it's that for the day, kids. good or bad, it's for the kids. So it's, then nobody's gonna say like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. I'm like, it's for the kids. I'm like, okay, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. That was kind of the running joke as to how we even started it. What's your what's your take? You watch golf. Yeah. What's your take, Masters? Teeing off right now. I'm getting a little antsy because I want to check the, the Me too. I'm pumped. Check the I leaderboard can't wait. Give us a little check. Because if Bryson's at three under right now, I, I'm going to I'm gonna talk some trash to a lot of friends. Because it's that time of year where I re-download the Masters the app. The Masters app, baby. I did it this morning. I did about three hours ago. Welcome to the Masters. They do such a good job. Great. Come on. Oh, what is this? Give me the leaderboard. So this is my this is my thing before we get into it. Leaderboard. Wait, don't tell me the score yet. Bryson DeChambeau, I believe, is going to run away with this tournament for multiple, multiple, multiple reasons. And everybody always says he's hitting it long, blah, blah, blah. But, can't, you know, he's still got to putt. I'm like, if you can putt at wing foot, he's a good putter. If you can putt at wing foot and you can go, you can blow people out of the water at six under at wing, by six at wing foot. Yeah. Augusta, with it going to play, it's going to play wet, which is going to be even more, it's going to be easier to putt. It's going to be easier to stick the greens. He's attacking most holes with a mid or or wedge, mid iron or, or, or lower down to a wedge. Um, he has said that his par that he's playing for is 67 every time he tees it up, which means he'd hit 20 under. I told, go back in the footage, I said he's going to hit 20 under this year and win by over 10 strokes. That's fine. Do you want me to tell you what he is right now? Yes. He's two over. Is he? Mm-hmm. Who's at the leaderboard? So Galen just is completely, don't listen to me. I'm not a professional. Like I was saying, I mean, the theory is there, me, but like me, I was saying. Me, yes, but what has he played right now? 10, 11, 12? Mm-mm, way more. Really? Mm-hmm. Let me get down to him. Let me get down to him. He, start, he teed off on the back. Mm, no, oh, no, there it is. Sorry. Uh, he's on 14. He just doubled 13, which means he got into trouble because that's a par five. That's when he. So should, you, okay, so you went par 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 most likely. No, he did. Yeah, yeah, he he went par par par, doubled thirteen, which maybe we'll just chalk that up to a ass tee shot, or he just got into trouble because he hits an iron into every par five. Yeah, so he and, hits and, irons and again, into par fives, hitting three woods off the tee. Thirteen is one that I'm thinking he's having four eagle putts, so obviously that's wrong. But again, he's got. I mean, he's got so many holes to go. So, so yeah. I I think he'll be probably. I think he could still get to two to three under today. Oh no, no, yeah, no, no, he he can. So he who's can. the leaderboard right now? What's the number? Scheffler's at? at three under through six. Scheffler. Okay, Scheffler, yep. Westwood's at three under. I like Lou Westwood. Shaw Flea is at three under. See, Xander could win it. Simpson's at two under. Leishman's at two under. Matsuyama's at two under. Webb Simpson, to me, is the most boring golfer in America. I can't. I don't root for him. He's just boring. I you know who I love? Kisner. I love Kiz. Yeah. Kiz is the man. I really, really like him. Um, I also used to hate... Well. He's even... I also used to really not like Kevin Na, but based on some interviews and some things I've seen, I like him. Yeah. Everyone's least favorite golfer Patrick in Reed. this tournament is currently even par. Did I have the right name? Yes. Okay. Why do people not like him? A, how he looks. He has a face that you just don't like that face. Correct. B, he's kind of douchey. Yes. Especially because he was wearing a choker 10 years after it was okay for a guy to wear a choker necklace. That's a different conversation. Part C is he cheat? He cheated at golf. M okay. Yeah, wait, wait, this, the, I know this happened. This was in college, right? No, this was this past I year. He, I thought he did something in college. I'm sure too. he did. I'm sure he did. Went to Augusta too. Here's the thing. The what happened was he was moving his club back in the sand, 
And every single time he took his club back, he moved a little more sand. Brushed it. To improve his lie. Yeah. Some people say like, oh, he barely moved any sand. How the amount of time that professionals spend in the sand trap, the amount of time professionals spend anywhere, you always know exactly where your club is. Mm-hmm. There's no, I didn't know I was... As a professional who, okay. You or I would know we're brushing sand. I would know I was doing it. Yeah, I would too. Even if I barely did any, I would know if, because you know the way the ball is in the sand and uh, listener, um, uh, listener in the sand trap in golf, you can't touch the sand with your club until you're hitting the ball. So touching the sand beforehand, that's a penalty. It's impossible that he didn't know he was doing it. It's he would have had to have been having an episode. Mm-hmm. Like he would have had to have blacked out, which also didn't happen. And he's denied it, right? Yes. So like you're a schmuck. How- so anyway, so it's his face, the choker. He just kind of has that douche canoe vibe. Do you know, th- he could be a great person. Don't, don't they always talk about like his wife, like, will like go on the greens at like tournaments and like help him read greens and help him with practice. She's caddied she, for him. Yeah. And she kind of like takes up, this is what I've heard is takes up a little bit more, space than what's kind of socially acceptable within the golf field. Ooh. Meaning like kind of like maybe kind of, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you're on the putting green, yeah, you respect other golfers. Like you'll putt, but you're not going to sit there and start moving tees and doing all these crazy things. If other guys want to like, if it's crowded, right? There is a huge, a there etiquette. is a right way and a wrong way to caddy a PGA tour event. A thousand percent. You need to be, Helpful, never in the way. Yeah. And there is, what's that word? Not courtesy, not decorum. Those are both great words. Etiquette. Etiquette. Thank you. There is an etiquette to being a caddy. And it is unwritten, but it's super strict and you have to do it. And I think this is even, but I think this is even on like a practice green when she's not even caddying. I think she like rolls with them and is like on the, on the green, which if that's your, like your, she's part of your like golf team, that's fine. But as every golfer does. Usually it's not their wife that's doing it, but they have, you know, they have a buddy, they have a swing yeah. coach, a putting coach, um, agent or whatever. That's fine. Uh, but I think it's kind of how he goes about stuff. And I think that he's just one of these guys that he's kind of there by association, but you never really see him mingling. Like when I see a picture of like, you know, who, you know who I think everybody loves on tour. There's a couple guys that like everybody loves on tour. Okay. It's like JT, Ricky Fowler. These are like guys, guys that are like, they're, they're like bros. They love them. They'd be up there. They're Tony fun. Finau. I like Tony Finau. I like, don't know how Tony Finau, like, Tony Finau to me seems kind of like a little bit of an outsider. He like, is, doesn't but seem I, like I still he's think like, he's well-liked. Though. Oh, I think he's well-liked, but I don't think he's, like, getting in it and, like, having, like, you take, like, a JT who's got, like, this young, single mm-hmm. ki- kid, no, you know, no kids, and he's Not just single having, anymore. Oh, he's, he's, no. Okay. Well, he's got, he's got a, uh, a significant other, but no kids, no real family, just kind of, like, living the dream. He's one of these dudes that, I think has a little bit more fun, kind of like a Ricky Fowler, just young, do, doing well. I, like, I think like uh, Finau's got like four or five kids. No way. Oh yeah, he's got he's got multiple. He's got more than you or I. Wow. Yeah, and he's I think my age. He's not that old. Um, but you got to think like they got responsibilities outside of just playing golf and then hanging out and then like doing dumb fun stuff that young guys would do. Uh, but I think that. Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler would be just like fun guys to hang out with. Yeah. I think a lot of guys on tour like that. Mm-hmm. I think Ricky's got, I think they both have a lot of respect too for the game and other people where I think, I know Ricky's kind of like, kind of cut from like the Phil Mickelson, Arnold Palmer cloth of like very 
crowd friendly, gives back very much like beyond the game of golf, but just really, you know, embraces his popularity, but for a good way, not like, not like tries to put himself up on a pedestal. I think he's very, like, if you saw him, he would be very open to chit chatting and talking. I think Justin Thomas is like that, but I could see him being a little bit more on the star side where maybe he kind of distances himself a little oh, bit. Oh, maybe. Where I find that Ricky probably won. I think Ricky would be pretty chill. Like, I think Ricky would be the guy that would walk through a crowd and not think twice, even though everybody knows who he is. But I think, like, a Justin Thomas would, like, avoid the crowd maybe. so he didn't have to mingle. And go. Is that because he wears polo and Ricky wears Puma? Is that because Ricky What's your thought was into the- motocross? What's your thought on the Ralph Lauren golf attire? Because this ties right into the, the, the Webb Simpson. I think it's a little it's a little uh, preppy for me. Okay, well, that's fine. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I do like the. Well, no, you're not wrong because I you do said like it's more preppy like, for you. I like the more than the, like the Nike, like the Puma, the Adidas, kind of like the more athletic golfer wear yep. versus where I find like the guys that wear like the the polo. Like I like the polo spray. I got some sweaters. I think it's good. Yep. Ralph Lauren, whatever. I think it's good. I just think when you're wearing it for golf, it's a little too like it's like wearing saddle shoes now. Versus like spikeless shoes or more like athletic looking mm. look. It's got a little more like old school, but still kind of hanging on to the prep where he's like, yeah, I enjoy like Tony Finau looking like he's wearing high top sneakers, but they're golf shoes. Mm-hmm. I like, I like that style. I like mixing them together because I'm not a big athletic polo shirt guy. Okay. And it's weird because you're a cotton polo. Guy? I'm super, super young. That, that's the problem. I don't like the style of it. I love the feel, but I don't as much like the style. Um, just cause it, it just looks a little different. So I'm, I'm still very, very young, but the older I've gotten, the more like conservative in my shirt that I am on the golf course now. Like I love, for example, just like a plain one color shirt with a colored pant. But you're like a bold pant guy. Like you got, I know you got some like colorful pants. Yeah, I would. You Although like, don't I'm, you have like a pair I'm of red lying. Pants? I'm saying this. I would definitely switch it up though. I would definitely wear like. Like a Hawaiian golf shirt with regular pants. I'm lying. Don't any, You're any the kind part of, of guy this, that don't if you showed up this. with like loudmouth golf pants on, I'd be like, yeah, that's I could see Bryce wearing. Yeah, those. I'm lying. I would wear anything on the golf. I'm kidding. Don't listen to me at all. I I probably would too. I probably would. I wouldn't be like if I was good a good golfer. I'd be like Ian Poulter. I wouldn't be that like crazy, but I'd wear like the guys that wear like bright blue pants or bright red. I got a thing about white golf shoes. You do like them or no? You have to be good at golf. Okay. In my opinion. Then to I, have like plain white golf shoes. Like nothing with it. Like I have a pair of white golf shoes, but it's, there's just white on them. They have like black stripes. I'm talking about like the plain bright white golf shoes. Like bright. foot joy white golf shoes. Okay. You got to be a stud. Don't what about if on. I have Nike all white, but they're kind of like a little, kind of like light gray and white, but they look more white. But they're they're spikeless Nike shoes. They look more like like athletic shoes. That's than good they do. by me. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like the, the the traditional golf spike that's maybe kind of glossy, has a little shine to it, and it's white. Maybe. Yeah, you got to be a stud. Yeah. Like I only JT can wear those because you're a stud. Yeah. You can't show up in those and shoot eighty. What, what's your thought about local people? I haven't seen this, but I'm just curious. Local people that have their name on their bag. Local people. If you haven't played anyone or done anything, get your name off your bag. That's what I thought. Like my 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 idea is if unless you're playing on some type of mini tour, 
You can't have your name. Or if you are a PGA Tour professional. professional. That is my other one. That yeah. doesn't mean that you're playing in the PGA. That just means you're recognized by the PGA Tour as a PGA Tour professional. Then, then you, yes, you have your name on your back because you should. Yes. You you have earned that. If I but ever the guys saw who, like, customize their bag with their with name. With their name on it? Like if I showed up to the golf course and had Galen Trombley in my bag. I wouldn't stop talking the whole time. I know. You'd be chirping. The whole time. And I'd be doing be the terrible. same thing. Um, yeah, it's so, so I, um, have you ever seen that? No, I wasn't sure if like a local amateur, like if you just showed up and they had a bag like decked out with their name. No, that'd be so weird. I wouldn't, part of me wouldn't know how to handle it. I might get a bag and like throw my logo on it. Cause I think it'd be totally cool. fine. But if, as soon as you put your name on, putting your name on is basically telling people I'm good enough to be pro. I bet the same person that puts their name on their bag would have iron covers and would also wear a red shirt and black pants and a black hat. Correct. Guaranteed. And did you ever have iron covers? Never in my life. I think my first, one of my first sets of clubs, this was back when I was probably like 12. Yep. Came with iron covers. Mm -hmm. And I think I got them and they're like, and I'm, I was 12. I'm like, I guess they go on the irons. Like I just, I didn't know. I'm like, Oh, that's yep. weird. I've never seen them before. Whatever. They guess they go on my irons. And I didn't, I wasn't like knowledgeable enough about golf. And then I kind of was like, why would I put iron covers on irons? This is the dumbest thing ever. Those came off so quick, but I remember, the, I remember there was a point in time, probably a month, maybe two months where I had them on. Cause I didn't know any better. If you're traveling, like I get yeah, it. You could, yeah, you could do that. As soon as you're on the course, I personally feel there is no place for iron covers. The funny thing is I had always felt that way, had barely seen any until I came up here. And then a few people that like my father-in-law would play with all had iron covers. Yeah. And two of them actually had the same exact kind of iron covers. Um, I normally don't do it, but for some reason I pussied out from saying anything about it. Were they a little bit older? Yeah. Yeah. It may, you know what? And you're kind of in the space of that. Maybe that's group, why. That you were in their group. and you're Now, the- if I see them and they would have, because I've played with them enough, I'll definitely start chirping the iron covers. Um, you know, whatever I, would have, whatever I, it wound I up being. Call, I usually call them uh, iron condoms. So. That's fair. Which they are. I. Do you put, do you have a putter? Do you have a thing for your putter? I lost it. But yes, I do. I've never in my life had a cover for my putter. That's a good idea to Is, have it. To have it, mm-hmm. what's the reason? Is because it gets nicked up. Mm-hmm. What happens if my iron, my putter, the one putter I had before was like 15 years old, and I just swapped it out this year. And the only reason I did it's a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Where I guess I could have just cut down my other one, but whatever. Um, so what you really think it's a good idea to have a head cover for your putter? Mm-hmm. Okay. Also because you're treating your putter the right way. I you gotta like talk. You have to have a relationship with your putter. I think you I got to tr- be on speaking terms. I treat my putter like I treat my wedges. Just I, it's, it's just a, it's working for me. It's not, I'm not looking it's not looking pretty. My, my hybrid woods and stuff. I keep a cover on it more because they're at the high end. If you're jamming down to the top of the irons yeah. and stuff, putter, I, my putter's trash. It's nicked up. My old putter nicked up all over the place. Face. I probably need a new face plate on it. I just, that's fine. As long as your putter, as long as he knew that you loved him. It took me, I'm a short guy, not very big, five foot seven. I was playing with a 35 inch putter. That's, yeah, that's wild. That's for, since I was 14. Why? Because when I happened to go get the putter and I don't think I got it. I think I was given to me by my parents as a gift. They just went and bought a putter. Like not really thinking like, oh, does it have to be a certain height, length? So I just got it. 
as a as a young kid, I just learned to choke down all, almost to the metal, and yep. I just played that way. And then all of a sudden, it would get stuck in your belly button. You wouldn't or, know what to do. Well, not even that. My jacket, because I was I was had like baggy like windbreaker jackets, so it would hang down and it'd always catch. So the amount of times I had to tuck my jacket underneath my right arm, yep, and to putt. So then I got to this year where I was like starting to get back into golf again. I'm like, I don't want to get rid of my putter, but I have another putter. It's literally the same putter almost, just a little bit different head style, but the same Odyssey put- kind of putter. And I'm like, but it's the, sa- it's the length I need it. It's a little bit of a different head, but I'm like, whatever, I'll try it. Swapped it out. Greatest thing ever. Go two inches less on the, on the thing. Deborah catches. It's perfect. My hands fit great. Re- I re-gripped it this year and it's ready to go. It's got to feel that. Did it make me a better putter? Yeah, jury's still out. But I made some good putts this year. I was happy. Stroke, you know, for again, for uh, a father who's trying to, you know, hang on to his whatever he has left of his athleticism in golf. Yep. I'll get better, though. Golf's one sport I can still get better. So, always putt confident. You're not supposed to say negatives on the course. So, like, you don't want to say, ooh, don't hit it in the sand. You, you should be saying... A good miss is right. Mm-hmm. But with, with putting, always putt confident. The opposite of that is never putt scared. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. I don't care how I don't care how fast. You're talking like a downhill putt. I don't care how fast the green is, how hard the putt is, how long the putt is, what the putt means. Never putt scared. As soon as you putt scared, wonky stuff happens. I, I'm always good too. I very rarely leave it short. Perfect. I, I do I do if it I'm getting used to the green speed. Oh yeah, but like in just a bit of, man, crap! I, I'm used to it. Going and a little... stuff happens because yeah. you're not paid to play golf. You pay to play golf, exactly. so you don't have a consistent. But I would stroke. say if you're like, hey, you got a 15 foot birdie putt, it's reaching the hole. Yes. Like I'll roll it five feet past. Yes. But I'm not going to leave it three inches short. Nope. So, um, and then also the same thing with putting. Usually, what I do, I just I I personally just make sure the putter face. Is facing the line roughly that I want to start it on. Yep. Again, I'm very, we're talking like very recreational here. I look at the hole, I kind of tag revision it back, and I'm like, this is where I think it's going to kind of break. And I just make sure my putting, my putter head is on the line Correct. that I want to start it. And then I just try to keep a nice, loose, smooth motion. Control what you can control. And that's it. And if it goes in, great. If not, my goal is just to make sure I have the setup right and I put just a nice, nice, good roll on it. Just hit a good putt. And if it goes in, Great. If it doesn't, hey, you don't play enough to read the greens right hey, every time. Exactly. You're not paying me to do it. But if but, you put it where you wanted it to go, don't be that mad. Exactly. I'm, I, if I miss a putt and it's because I read it, but I hit it exactly where I read it, I'm actually excited about that putt. I'm like, I pulled off what I wanted to pull off. Yeah, I had it wrong, but that's okay. And that used to piss me off. Really? I used to be really, really bad mentally on the course. I got much better once it came up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but now that happens all the time. I was like, ah, you know what? Yeah. Green won that one. I thought I had it. I didn't. I hit it right where I wanted to. Next hole. The 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 only time I get upset with myself on the golf course ever is when I lose focus on a shot. Not I don't ever get up and I play with golfers like this and they'll go and they'll pull a driver off the tee. They'll hit a bad shot and then they'll say, oh, I should have took my three wood or I should have took an iron and just played it out there. I'm like, you could have, but if you would have drove the ball like you wanted to, then you wouldn't even have that thought. You'd be like, huh, I crushed it. Correct. That was a bad swing. It was a bad swing. That's all it was. So if I hit a ball out of bounds, I very rarely ever say I should have took another club. I commit to whatever club I'm taking. If yes. I hit a bad shot, what I would get mad at is if, hey, I want to focus on this shot. And all of a sudden, as soon as I pull the club away, I just black out and I just kind of like slap at it. I'm like, 
I'm not even paying. Like I, I didn't even focus on the shot as I was taking the shot. That's where I kind of, I don't beat myself, but that's the part where I'm like, Galen, you just didn't commit to the shot you wanted to play. It wasn't that yeah. I'm going to second guess my shot. Not because like, Hey, I should have aimed there and I took too much of aggressive line. Like, no, no, I, I had all the thoughts in my head before I hit the golf ball. Like if I want to not take the aggressive line over a bunker to the small part of the green or yeah. tucked in the water, that should have been made before I stepped to the ball. Correct. So I never go back on that because I've had plenty of time to figure that out. Correct. I picked out the club I wanted. I picked yep. out the kind of shot I wanted. Yep. And if I get upset when I do all that and then I go to swing it and I completely just forget all like function and everything and I just come and I just like go back and go forward and my mind just shuts off and then I'm like I just did something bad with the shot. I'm like why didn't you just focus for like a second and a half. And that's where, I don't, again, but that's the part that I get upset about. I'm like, if I just like focused on all these shots, they'd be better. And they should. But I, I never second guess my my club choice that's or good. where I should go. That's huge. Because I'm just like, you know what? I committed to it. Yep. Got to commit. This is what I'm doing and go. Yeah. Then set it and forget it. Grip and rip. Choke well, and poke. We'll Pitter see. patter. But that, but but again, you know, the uh, we're not pro golfers and we, we, just, we just like to talk about it and watch pro golfers on TV. Yes. Um, and get mad at how good they are. I respect it though. They're Me too. so damn good. Me too. And the thing is, I'm one of those guys. Do I expect to be good at golf now compared to when I used to play five times a week in practice? No. So I go out and say, if I, I'm probably good enough right now to shoot about bogey golf. If I get in high 80s, great. If I shoot 94, 95, just not a great day. I don't expect to go out and shoot 80. And I don't beat myself up over a double bogey because I'm like, you know what? You don't deserve to get a par or a bogey in every hole because you didn't put the work in. Right. I literally say this to myself. I'm like, oh, you deserve that triple. Yes. Because you like, you just miss hit three shots and took a drop. I'm like, yeah. Hit it down the center. You have no problem. I like that one. Yeah. So, Bryce, anything else we can uh, discuss with? Probably tons, but not today. All right. That so, was a lot of golf. That that was. So I've hey, been, I've been on a golf kick. This was going to happen. It's going to was golf's going to st- shut down. The Masters is really the last one. So this is kind of like my last. So if anybody's listening to this and you're sick of the golf. Our tournament's done. The Masters is done this week. It's getting colder out. I'll probably start talking about skiing in about a month and probably everything else. Winter's kind of a weird time. Do you it ski? Is. I can. I'm able to. I get down the mountain. Yes. Do you have skis? Hell no. I have to rent them. Yeah. See, I was a rent guy. And last year was the first time I ever bought skis. I'm so. a renter. Yeah. And again, buying skis didn't make me better. No, but I go more. So maybe that'll make me better. Mm. But. We'll probably talk about more skiing, and that's when I'm like, I'm very. I played a lot of golf. I don't do a lot of skiing. So when I talked about skiers, I'm like, you guys just make it look so effortless, and I'm just sitting there skiing. You don't do this skiing cautiously because I'm a dad. I'm old. I don't want to be hurt. Okay. I want to get from top to bottom. Yeah. Get a slight adrenaline rush, and my adrenaline rush when someone's going 40 or 60 miles down the mountain, I'm like a nice like 20. Yeah, send it. I just want to. I mean, my sending is relative to yeah. my sending. Like, let me go through a school zone down the mountain. Yeah. You guys take the interstate. If a little kid blows by me or a 70-year-old dude that blows by me, I'm like, I'm good. I just want to get down the mountain safe. Me too. That happened to me a lot in Idaho when I visited my brother. My mm-hmm. brother lives out in Sun Valley, and he's a ski oh, yeah. bum and all that. And um, I was going skiing, and then, like, okay. <laughs> like a, what looked like a six-year-old who is on a one-way ticket to the Olympic team, and then some hippied, like, 80-year-old in what looked like wood skis. Ski pants from the like 70s. Like, half asleep, just cruising, 
flying by me. Mm-hmm. It's all relative. Yeah. It's amazing. Skiing is a different. Yeah. I, again, first time really being amongst the skiers. Skiers are a different breed of people. And I kind of like it. It's kind of, it gives me a hippie vibe. Oh. Like they're just ski, like these are like hikers and yeah. skiers. They're like outdoorsy. A, so like American skiers. Yeah. Kind of like. I could see like European skiers. No, no. I'm talking like the people that are just decked out head to toe in like North Face or Patagonia. And or hemp. A lot of, a lot of hemp. <laughs> no, not for the skiers. The skiers, yeah. Snow, that's probably more snowboarders. Has maybe. a lot of that. Has just a lot of that outdoorsy stuff. Yeah, and uh, I, I like it though. When I go up the gondola and I got some like very hippie like ski bum there, just kind of like just feeling it, just like just in just vibing at do eight, you eight, nine in the morning? Do you? Do me? Do I? No, vibe? him. No, no. Just like do you, man. Like, oh, do whatever you. makes yeah. as long as you're not hurting anyone else or bringing anyone I else love down. Talk, do you, dude? Do I love thing. talking to these guys because they're just too. like I'm just sitting there in my mind. I'm just relaxed, and they're just like. Dude, man, like Bluebird Day, bro. And I'm like, my Bluebird man. Bluebird Day. My man. Bluebird Day. My man. Give me a fist pump. Let's go. Bryce, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. 103, Galen Trombley Show. I'm sure we'll get you in within the calendar year again. Oh, cool. I enjoy these. I enjoy it. There's certain people I just enjoy talking to. Joel Wood came down the other day, uh, like two days ago. First time ever. Crushed it. Just crushed it. Like, Joel, way to go. Joel, just like, just like a... A guy that can carry on a conversation, build on a conversation, animate a conversation, knowledge, bring knowledge to a conversation. I love it. I love when people are way better speakers than me or very much more better storytellers than me. If I got to like carry the conversation, I just find those aren't as good because I think I'm very limited. I find that you're, you're in the can carry me. Kind Whoa, of thing. thanks for carry, that. I was, just carry gonna, me. I was just going to say, based on what you're talking about, what Joel does, that's a much better conversation than this mumbo jumbo. No, it was good, man. We, we, we got people all talk. Everybody's going to run out today and get a double cheeseburger dressed as a Big Mac and yeah. love life. Probably. And maybe, maybe slip in a McChicken. Hi, slipping a little spice boy. All right. Episode 103, Galen Trombley Show with Bryce Hansen. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.